City Slam, wrestling Chicago style. My name is Chris. This is Mike. And today on the program, we have Laney Luck. So it's going to be a really nice show. The only downside, Mike, is that for some strange, terrible, unexplainable reason, I decided to have a tuna fish sandwich before we started. And now my microphone is going to stink. How are you, my friend? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna have an odor. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get somebody to clean it here. And seeing as how I am an army of one down here on my nine-foot homemade oak bar, it'll probably be me. Uh, listen, uh, elimination chamber was last night. I, we got Lainey yes. Luck on deck. She's already sitting on hold, so we're gonna get to her. Before we get to her, though, uh, a couple things that I took from it right away. I forgot that the Miz had the money in the bank. Yeah, <laughs> then, I did for a minute too. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's the champion, which is amazing. All right, so so that was kind of good. And I thought the opening match was a good kickoff to the show. What did you think of it last night? Yeah, I thought both chamber matches were really strong. Um, I was kind of pulling for Cesaro to win the SmackDown chamber, but I didn't mind Brian winning. But of course, when they had Brian with Roman Reigns, and then they basically squashed Brian where he passed out. I'm kind of glad Cesaro didn't win. So maybe at some point Cesaro will have a stronger shot down the line against a Roman Reigns or against whatever top-level champion he might get a, a shot at. Because he seems like he's had some really good momentum finally. Uh, WWE's finally pushing him just a little bit. I would love to see Cesaro get a little bit more love. But yeah, poor Daniel Bryan, though, just going out in seconds after that grueling elimination chamber. Roman Reigns retaining the WWE Universal Championship, further cementing himself as a heel. And then Edge makes his WrestleMania decision with a spear on Roman. So it looks like WrestleMania, the two-night event in uh, early April, edge against Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Championship. There'll be spear versus spear. Maybe Goldberg could come in and give a spear. Didn't we just talk about this when the Royal Rumble happened? Like the amount of spearing? And now we're going to have an awful lot of spearing again. We're going to have to ask Laney Luck whether or not she likes to employ the spear. We're going to have to figure this out. Because I believe she does, actually. It, the so, spear uh, is just like everybody <laughs> does it this day. Just a, just a tackle in the middle of the ring, and it's just huge. I would say she does, yeah, if I recall from some of her matches. All right, so <laughs> w- what else? Before we get to the local stuff, I also want to tell you, I saw I, find, I got to sit down and watch the, uh, the Stone Cold thing with Sasha Banks. I found that to be really interesting. It was more interesting than I thought it was going to be. That young lady has a heck of a chip on her shoulder, but in a good way. So I, I enjoyed that an awful lot. It was cool, yeah. And the fact I really love that John Favreau actually sought her out to, for the role in The Mandalorian, which is really, really cool. So obviously she's made an impression. Anytime I hear about a director or somebody in Hollywood randomly calling up somebody with no acting experience and she's a, uh, a pretty girl, I immediately think nefarious things. Like, I know John Favreau's probably a wonderful guy. She's excited. She's in Star Wars. And I was like, good for her. She's in Star Wars. Nothing against her. But, like, what in the ring made her all of a sudden a candidate to be a character on The Mandalorian? I will never know. But at least it worked out well for her. Maybe it was the chip on her shoulder. Maybe that was it. Maybe it's the chip on yeah. the shoulder. What do we got going on locally around here? Yeah, uh, there's a few shows coming up this weekend. Most of them are kind of on the outskirts or out of state. Um, GLCW presents Freakzilla in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. That is just north of Milwaukee on Saturday night, February 27th. 
Scott Steiner is the advertised special guest. I'm not sure if he's actually wrestling or just there to kind of do meeting groups and stuff like that, but he will be there. Plus, you'll see GLCW champion Backwards Brown, former Windy City Slam podcast guest. GLCW tag team champions Ryan Cross, former Windy City Slam podcast guest. And Dr. Jeff Luxon in action. Plus, former Windy City Pod- Slam podcast <laughs> guest Jordan Cross in action that night. Pretty soon, you're just going to have to start saying, we haven't heard this guy yet. Like, because all of them have been on the show, which is incredible. You're doing a great job with that. And also, uh, the, this will be, the, I believe, the in-ring return of the ice pick, Vic Capri, who has successfully recovered from a triceps injury and surgery that he had late last year. He made a surprise return at Power Entertainment just over a couple of weeks ago. Now he's back in action. He will be wrestling for GLCW. He'll also be wrestling for Power in a couple of weeks as well. So very excited to have Vic Capri back in action. Also, WOWT Lucha Libre, they have a show at the Berman Eagles Club this Saturday night, and their champion is Super Crazy. Yes, that's Super Crazy, who used to be in ECW and WWE. He faces Antonio Garza in the main event. Zawa Live has a show Saturday afternoon in Deer Grove, Illinois. And also we have Southland Championship Wrestling Saturday night in Shaban. So that's near Kankakee, just a little bit of a south of Kankakee, I believe, if my geography is correct. And for a full list of events, or at least as complete as I can get them in the area, the Northwest Indiana, Southeast Wisconsin, check out WindyCitySlam.com, click on calendar, and you'll see a lot of the local and regional shows there. And one more thing before we get to our guest, and she actually, he actually has a little bit of a link to uh, Lady Luck, JJ Garrett. He's a Quad Cities area guy. He, he lives there now. He's originally from Iowa. He has worked in the Chicago area for places like Freelance Underground, but um, we're happy to announce that he's making his AEW Dark debut this week on YouTube. He'll be facing veteran QT Marshall. Excellent. Let's get the guest on the line. Yes. Joining us right now, and to be honest with you, I have no idea where she lives, so we're going to go with Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown works. I, I always like that one. <laughs> Joining us from Parts Unknown, Lainey Luck on the line. Lainey, how are you? What's up, guys? It's good to be here. Uh, it's cool to have you on the show. We're, we're excited to have you. So so let me let me ask you real quick here, just because we were talking about at the beginning of the show, the and I don't know if you saw it on WWE Network, but Sasha Banks was on with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I was taken aback by the amount of times that she made sure it was almost as if he wanted to ask her the question to clear up anything that people had thought badly about her. Because it's obvious that she is one of those people. It's like, I'm not putting on the uh, the outfit that they would put on me back in the late 90s. I'm a wrestler. I'm an athlete. I want to be treated exactly like the guys. I am I'm tired of the 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 special uh, Christmas outfits they put the girls in and stuff like that like her refusal to do that kind of thing and it was almost like he kept trying to make sure that she at least said but those girls were good wrestlers but there was this there is that chip where she's like I never ever want to be referred to as a diva and this is a sport to me this is wrestling this is something I do and that's what I am how how far do you think wrestling has come especially for women over the last 10, 15 years, because that was a striking thing that she said. And she's right, but it was striking because we're at that point now where she sits there and says, this is ridiculous what happened beforehand. This is what it is now. Yeah, I think it's like, honestly crazy. Like, look how far we've come. It's like a full 180 from like what women's wrestling used to be. And I 100% understand where she's coming from, not wanting to be referred to as a diva, wanting to be taken seriously. 
But like, I also understand some people, like some women today still enjoy like the diva aspect of it. And just like the, the pageantry of it and all that, which obviously Sasha enjoys too with her entrance gear and her gear that she, all the different gear she has. But I understand what she's saying, like being taken serious. This is a sport. We're not just here to be in these cute little outfits. Um, and like people like her and the ones before her and the ones continuing after her have worked so hard to be taken seriously. And I'm glad that that's where we're at right now, that we are athletes. We are superstars. Yeah. And it trickles down, I'm sure to, to the levels at any level, right? I mean, you probably feel the impact of how things changed and what her group was able to accomplish all the way down anywhere that you go and wrestle, I would assume. Oh, absolutely. Especially like, I feel like in the last couple of years, indie wrestling has made like a really huge jump. Cause I feel like, you know, they're a little bit behind, like there's still, you know, one women's match on a card and the women's division and we're not just wrestlers and whatever. But I feel like in the last just few years, like there's been a huge step forward, huge leap forward in like having more than one women's match. We're not just like a novelty match anymore. And we are wrestling men all the time. And uh, we're doing the same kind of matches they are. There's like a lot of hardcore stuff going on. And it's just like, we're definitely not just stuck in one little bubble anymore. And I'm definitely appreciative to be in where I am right now to like not to be able to take advantage of all the struggles that the indie women went through before me and to have the privilege of being able to go out there as a wrestler. So Lainey, you are known as the two-turn party unicorn and you make your entrance with a giant uh, unicorn head and you run around the ring. Now describe exactly what the two-turn party <laughs> unicorn character is supposed to be. I dig it already, Lainey. I dig it. I just dig the idea of the whole thing. It's it's awesome. She just turned up. Like, I actually just recently retired the big unicorn mascot head uh, because I did upgrade to a Lucha-inspired entrance mask. So we'll be on the lookout for that when things become regular again, you feel me? But she's just, like, trying to make sure everybody has a good time. Like, she likes to fight, and I like to party, and so we put them together. Now, you work primarily in the Chicago area for uh, companies like Freelance Wrestling, Freelance Underground, and Zelda Pro, but you've also competed for Chicago Style Wrestling and then Zawa Live, Rise, Shimmer, and other promotions regionally. But you didn't start out in Chicago. You originally started wrestling in Texas, and you even wrestled for places like Booker T's Reality of Wrestling, which is, I believe, based in or around Houston. So, um... Where did you originally grow up and then what pulled you into uh, professional wrestling? Um, so I grew up like kind of a mix between like Texas, Wisconsin and Oregon. I just like spent like equal parts of my formative years there. Um, but I did start training in Texas. You are correct on that. A lot of people get that wrong. And I think I started in Kansas City because that's kind of like where I broke out. But I did start in Texas. I trained in Texas and I was fortunate enough to be at ROW pretty regular for a couple of years. Um, and I just, I went to high school in Oregon and after I graduated, I was so tired of the rain. I was like, we, we gotta go somewhere, we gotta do something. So I decided to go back to Texas. That's where I was born. I said, that feels like home. I like being warm. So I moved down there after I graduated um, all by myself and 
I got a job uh, being a manager at a Dollar General and I met some people who were really into wrestling and they were like going to like local shows and stuff. And I had no idea that indie wrestling was like even a thing that it even existed. And so I said, sure, let's check out a show. Let's see what's good. And I went to a couple shows and I was really digging it. It was a good time. Um, and then I saw a match. It was Athena and Barbie Hayden, Athena, AKA Ember Moon, um, and Barbie Hayden at a show for ACW in Austin. And they were like wrestling. And I was like, damn, this is crazy. Like they, like we had Barbie. She was like, you know, the Barbie girl, she was pretty and charismatic. And then we had Athena and she was this badass and like, just the dynamic of their match. I was like so drawn in and I was like, man, I want to do this. I want to fight somebody and look really cute doing it. And it looks like so much fun. And at that show, they happened to be passing out flyers for the training school I ended up going to. So like they handed me a flyer and I was like, wow, this is, this is fate. I want to do it. And I went to the school and I said, I'm here. I want to be a wrestler. And that was the beginning. What sort of athletic background do you have? Did you play sports in high school? Yeah, I played soccer all four years of high school. Um, and I just like played softball, I think, like in middle school and just other stuff. But yeah, I've always been um, doing athletic stuff. I find this so fascinating, too, because like you were already older when you finally like started to realize like, hey, I might want to do this. You know, I mean, like you... And you, you always talk to people like, oh, ever since I was like five years old, like you, you had already graduated high school, moved down, started your own job. You're living in Texas. You go, you meet up with some people. They take you to like a couple independent things. You're like, oh, I could do this. Like you're into it. And you, and you, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not that simple. It's not like you just walk in there and you were good. I mean, you have to practice that. You have to learn that. You have to find somebody that will train you. But it's not the, you always hear that from people like, oh, I knew it was in my blood when I was six. And I always laugh. Like, I didn't know what I was going to be at six. But, I mean, that's what you always hear from wrestlers, and you you figure this out later on, right? I'm always, like, how lucky for you guys to, like, just be so passionate about something for your whole life. Like, I'm one of those very surface-level people. Like, I like a million different things, but I only know, like, five inches of it. And then there's people who, like, I like this one thing, and I know absolutely everything about it. And so I felt like it was a really big disadvantage, honestly, when I first started. I, like, came in, and I was like, wow, I don't know anything. Like, the last time... I consistently watched wrestling was like when I was like three with my dad, you know, um, when the rock was big, my mom was obsessed with him. So it's okay. I'm obsessed with him too. Probably for the same reason as your mother. I mean, <laughs> the guy's got it all. He's a total package. I try to be like the rock every day of my life. That's how everyone should live their life. I think so. That's a good way to live your life. I want to live his life, but let's enough about the rock, the people's champion. Let's get back <laughs> to Laney luck because this is, again, it's really interesting to me because on one hand, you're saying, well, that's a, that could be a disadvantage to me. But on the other hand, you're raw. You, if you're willing to learn, you don't have any bad habits or things that maybe you think wrestling's about because you're brand new, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, I had probably been watching wrestling for, like, six months consistently before I was like, okay, like, I should do this for real. Um, and, yeah, I guess I could say, like, I have no pre-notion of what it was about or what it took or anything but I walked into the school and I was like I'm gonna find out what it takes because I think I can do it I've you know been an athlete 
my whole life, not professional athlete or anything, not collegiate level or anything, don't get me wrong, but I've always been like active and um, an attention seeker. So it felt like this was a good fit for me. So you kind of grew in the business down in Texas, but then some things happened that pulled you to Chicago. What actually pulled you to Chicago? So um, when, you, when you wrestle in Texas, like when that's you, where you start out, that's where you are, that's kind of where you stay. Like everyone in wrestling, everyone in Texas says, Texas is a black hole. If you're, you know, you have to get out. You're not going to make it just staying in Texas. And so I always had that in the back of my mind. Like I always knew eventually I was going to have to go somewhere. Like, I mean, I feel like everyone has to. You can't just make your name like on the East Coast and then expect people in Kansas to know who you are. Like you have to get out there and you have to move around. And I just felt like I did what I could in Texas and I was working. Um, I had opportunities on the promotions that I wanted to. And, you know, if I wasn't being booked by big promotions by that time, then they just weren't going to. So I was like, all right, I'll go make my name somewhere else. And then maybe I'll bring me back. And that's what I did. I actually, I had the opportunity to move up to Kansas city first because one of the dudes I was with at the time was signed to this company called NWL, who was around for like a year and a half and then they disappeared. But I'm grateful that they got me out of Texas and I met a lot of people and did a whole lot of traveling in Kansas city. Like every weekend I was driving eight hours by myself, gone all weekend. Like I was busy getting my name out there. And I had done a show in Chicago. I think it was Zello Pro. That was my first weekend ever being in Chicago. And after being in that crowd, I was like, I had considered moving to the Chicago area or the East Coast. I was like debating between the two. And after I wrestled here, I was like, wow, I want to be here. I like these people. And I made a lot of friends. Like I had known Kylie from a couple Texas shows before. Mm -hmm. And so um, she was at the Zello show too. And she introduced me to, you know, the Chicago people. And I was like, these seem like really great people. And I was convinced to move up here and train. Right now you hold two championships and both championships you've held for well over a year. First, you have the Freelance Underground Independent Championship. That's a title that's usually held by men, but women compete for it too. You won it in a six-way match, and you've actually maintained that title over the last year and a half or so. And I saw you defend it against J.J. Garrett at Freelance Underground a little over a year ago. And we talk about these um, intergender matches a lot on our show. Uh, what is it like? for you to be in the ring with a man and, and just to make the stories believable. Well, I do want to clarify that I am the first and only woman to ever hold this title. Um, mm -hmm. I don't believe a woman has ever competed for it before. Um, and I did, I loved defending it against JJ. He, I, that was actually a request of mine because obviously he's great. And I was just like, I need to have that match. Um, but just believability-wise, I think it's no different than, like, a regular other match. Like, me and JJ are similar-sized, similar-powered athletes. So I just looked at it as two competitors. But it's definitely, like, a lot of times just, like, an easier story to tell between a man and a woman, like, for the crowd anyways. Just, like, you know, the man's going to do big stuff and the woman's going to fight back and run around a lot and be very mm -hmm. evasive, which works really well for my 
style because I am very evasive and loony. So I think it just flows really well. <laughs> Intergender flows really well with my style. Have you ever felt like the guy is nervous in there with you? I'm sure you, you run in all personalities and all different kinds of people, but I'd be shocked if you didn't have at least one person. You're like, Hey, you're pulling your punch too much. Or you're doing it. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm a tough girl. Like, do you, have you ever had to have that conversation or do you, do they basically get in there and they, they, they go exactly the way that they normally would go with you right off the bat? Well, I definitely had a couple, I have been a couple of dudes, like first intergender interaction, whether it was like in a scramble or a singles match or a tag or something. And I would say like when I first started, there was definitely like the men wouldn't be doing, like they wouldn't be calling a match with me like another man. And so I like, that was never super fun to like, for them to like, oh, well, I'm not going to do this or I'm not like, oh, because I would like suggest something. And they're like, okay, well, I'm not going to like sell that. And this is like, uh, it gets a little awkward. They don't want to come off looking like they could, that they couldn't handle you. So certain things you would do, they're like, yeah, you can do that, but I'm just going to stand there. Like that's, those are the kind Exactly. Of like they're like, oh, it's not going to like, you're not going to bump me or something. Like I definitely run into that. And so it's more the other way. See, I keep wondering like, you know, do you have a guy who's worried that he's going to hurt you? You know, or he's, you know, I mean, there are some guys, I've met guys that are overly chivalrous, right? So they, they, their mother raised them in a way like, don't ever put your hands on, on a woman. That's how I was raised. I know if I was sitting oh, there, I, I'm, you're a tough girl. Okay. I, I, but, but there'd be that part of me be like, I, I can't go hundred percent here. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do anything here that, you know, I, I, that would hurt her. Right. So I was thinking that you were having those kind of conversations with guys like, Hey, it's okay. I'm a wrestler. I'm an athlete. Let's go. But you're telling me you run into some guys that don't want to actually play along with the thing. They, they, they're like, well, yeah, but you know, nobody's going to believe that. So I'm not doing that. You were running into those problems. Yeah. Is it, I mean, it's both definitely just obviously depending on the different people, but yeah, I definitely had the like, Oh, well, I don't want to like do this or I don't want to do that. And I'm like, no, like if you give it to a guy, you can give it to me too. Like it's a hundred percent fine, but it's just, I've definitely been in all situations where they treat me like it's just another match and we're just calling a regular thing or they're like, Oh, well, I'm not going to sell for this. I'm not going to do that. Or they're like, Oh, well, I don't want to hit you. And I'm just like, I've been through it all. And I'm like, just treat me like just a me. wrestler. <laughs> just fucking hit me. And a lot of times it helps if you just hit them and then they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Right, right. That's what you do. You just start kicking their ass and then everything. Right, I'm sure exactly. they snap out of it right away. They're like, I'm getting my ass kicked. They sure do. <laughs> Lainey, you're also the Zello Pro Women's Champion and you have competed against a lot of different high quality women for that title. Miss Akane, Elena Black, Shotzi Blackheart, Tessa Blanchard, Rick Baker used to be in that division as well. I mean, Zello Pro and women's wrestling, a big thumbs up to Matt Bacalling for uh, being able to have that type of talent compete for that that title. Yeah, it feels really special to like have that title because like when they started their company, that's all they had was just the women's title. Like they were very much um, centered around building their company around women and like making them the main event and having more than just two women on the card and all that. Like they definitely very specifically went out of their way to showcase women. It's not a secret to the people in the know who actually follow the Chicago scene a little bit like I do. You're obviously, your, your boyfriend is GPA and now he's one of the most dastardly heels in the area and you're like this 
white meat baby face. So when people actually see you guys out together, like after the matches or whatever like that, I mean, what, what kind of interactions have you seen from people? What, what, what kind of reactions have you gotten from people? It's honestly really funny because they'll be like, oh my gosh, it's Lenny Luck. And then they'll like go out of their way to like boo GPA <laughs> and like tell him he sucks. <laughs> That's amazing. That must be so much fun to, to have that thing going on in the middle of a relationship. That, I mean, you guys must get a kick out of it, especially when it's just uh, you and him. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's just like goes to show like how good he is to like, even if he's out like walking with me, like they're not going to say, oh my God, GPA and Lenny. Like people genuinely like, don't like GPA. So I think it's just a credit to his character and his skill. Somebody's like drive by, roll on your window and start yelling, beat up GPA and then drive off. (laughs) Yeah, actually they definitely have after freelance shows and they see us heading to our car and everything. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, We got a couple more minutes here before uh, we got to wrap up. Um, Elena Black, who we Mentioned before when we talked to Jesus Bryce a few weeks ago, uh, a.k.a. Cora Jade, who recently made the big jump to NXT. Very, very excited and happy for her. Now, is getting to one of the bigger national companies one of your long-term goals, Lainey? Um, Not necessarily WWE. Like, obviously, who might have turned down a contract? I'm not going to go out of my way to not work for them, especially during a pandemic. But... It's never, like, because, like, I didn't grow up on it, you know? So, like, WWE isn't this, like, golden dream to me. Literally all I ever wanted from wrestling is to be paying my bills with it. Like, I don't want to have to have a quote-unquote real job. Like, I just want to wrestle and pay my bills and someday retire, hopefully being able to walk. (laughs) Cool thing happened to you last year. You were actually ranked number 50 in the PWI Women's 50. Now, how did that feel? That was crazy. Honestly, like, it was not something, like, that was in my scope. Do you get warned in advance? Like, did they, like, tell you that that's coming? Or somebody come running in and be like, guess what? You're in the magazine. Well, I did know because I did a podcast interview with um, someone from the magazine. Because they're like, oh, we're interviewing people that are on the thing. And I said, what? (laughs) They said, oh, yeah, by the way, we're not going to tell you what number. We're not going to spoil it. But you made it. And I was like, that... I was just taken aback. It was like literally not even on my radar. Like I didn't think that was something I would be considered for at all, let alone being number 50. We've also ranked in the 500 too, like toward the back because you wrestled the other guys as well. Yeah, I was 457, I think. I I thought you were on that list too. Yeah, that's pretty damn awesome in my opinion. And congratulations for that. Thank you. It felt really cool to debut on both lists at the same time. Go ahead, promote whatever social media you got, whatever merchandise you got, where fans can find you. And plus, any upcoming shows you may already have scheduled for the next few. Um, well, all my socials are at Lainey Luck, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know how it is. And I do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Lainey Luck. I do a lot of fun stuff over there, lots of interactions, lots of like what's going on in my journey and all that behind the scenes kind of stuff. And I have a Pro Wrestling Tees store at prowrestlingtees.com slash Luck. Awesome. Any shows at all? Are you still kind of waiting to see how things go with the pandemic? Yeah, I'm pretty much waiting around to get this vaccine, trying to get on any list that I can. Um, and that I probably won't have a show until this summer, I think. Okay. Well, hopefully we get to see you out at uh, some of the local shows here in Chicago again once they get going in a few months. Uh, Fingers crossed. I would love to run into you again like I have 
both at Zello and at Freelance Underground. Lainey, thank you so much for your time today, and thanks for being a guest on the Windy City Slam podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Thank you, Lainey. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Yes, it was. Good stuff. Long time coming, been looking forward to that for a while. So uh, listen, I, I almost broke in and told her like how like uh, geeked you were when you got her like to be on the show. Like this was such a big deal for you. Like I know it was a big deal for you. Like yeah, as your I mean, friend, as your friend, I didn't want to embarrass you. But now that she's gone and she's just listening, I know this is a big deal for you. Like we we did the thing live at three thirty in the afternoon, and and Mike was like, "This is the only time that works. Can we please? Can we please?" And I was like, "Well, okay. Well, this this is important to Mike." So I knew <laughs> that you were excited about this today. And we might get the quality guests, so we gotta we gotta do whatever we gotta do. <laughs> and speaking of guests, uh, you want me to go ahead and announce who? Go who for it, dude. Yeah, let's get let's get out of here. I got things to do. I gotta clean this microphone. Smells like tuna. Get that tuna off. Yeah. Right. Our special guest next week. We are very excited to welcome well-respected veteran of the Chicago wrestling scene, a guy that's even been on WWE TV in the past. He's a man that frequents many of the local promotions like Pow Entertainment, Chicago Style Wrestling, Bourbon Championship Wrestling, just to name a few. The ice pick, Vic Capri, will be on the show next week. Man, that's good timing, too. And what's funny is that right around that time that you were saying everybody's been on the show, you then mentioned Vic Capri, and I almost jumped in and said, he's never been on the show before. And guess what? You've already fixed that problem before I could say it. He's Excellent job. He's going to be on the show next week. Excellent job. All right. That's Windy City Slam. 30 minutes right there. Wrestling Chicago style for my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement on the south side of Chicago. I'm Chris. That's Mike. Check out any episode you want to on demand. They are found everywhere. Podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Just screaming because my name